And now it's time for Dave's Disney View Podcast. Please move across your car to make room for everyone. Our podcast will begin momentarily. Join Dave as he makes his Grand Circle tour around the Walt Disney World Resort. Dave is a dreamer and an engineer who enjoys the magic and wonder of it all. But he understands its place in history and respects the legacy that's been left. So come along and take a listen to Dave's thoughts about the Walt Disney World Resorts and see it through Dave's eyes. Please stand clear of the podcaster. Por favor, manténganse alejado del David. And now, here's your host. Hey everyone, it's Dave. Welcome to another edition of Dave's Disney View Podcast. Well, today's podcast is all about my first-hand experience with my magic and FastPass Plus, and I'd like to share that with you. But first, a word from our sponsor. Hey, I have the best-kept Disney World and Universal Studios vacation secret. Did you know that anyone can rent a sweet ride and truly get around fast with your pass inside the theme parks? Mom, tell them. Well, Scooter Vacations makes it fun all day long. You or someone you love deserves the best way to see everything. So why not relax and enjoy a true express ride with your pass? Scooter Vacations can arrange it and even deliver it to you. Get around the fun way, have as much fun getting from ride to ride as being on the ride. They fit on buses, boats, and monorails, and some can fit in a car trunk. Upgrade your experience and scoot everywhere. Contact Scooter Vacations at 1-855-WDW-SCOOT. That's 1-855-WDW-SCOOT. Or on the web at scootorlando.com. That's S-C-O-O-T Orlando.com. S-C-O-O-T Orlando.com. And now on with the show. So I took a recent trip up to Walt Disney World, and I had a chance to experience firsthand what FastPass Plus is like, and I got to think about some of the things that are going on, and I wanted to share some of those experiences with you and talk about it a little bit. Now, I have heard from people in the recent past who had varying levels of experiences, some good, some not so good, uh, where they talked about some of the things that were happening with FastPass Plus. For example, my brother was there recently and he was talking about how he used the FastPass Plus kiosks to set up his FastPass and then he went about his day. They had an issue with one FastPass. They had an issue with a complaint um, because his wife was tired or something along those lines and cast member helped them out and wound up giving them another FastPass. There was another issue where one of the kids lost a shoe or something and they wound up giving them ice cream. You know, there's all kinds of things happening there. So overall, the experience was positive. And I think the important thing to keep in mind is the cast members are what makes it all positive, what turns the experience around. The system itself seems to be a little bit, um, well, shaky is the, might be the operative word here. It might be slightly flawed. I'm not sure yet. So the deal is there's a number of things that go on in the background. There's a huge algorithm that happens. There's this entire process that goes on to decide when fast passes are going to be used, how many people in the park, what's going on there. Uh, there's a number of different things, uh, that happen, um, as far as like trying to allocate people into the park, uh, you know, it's all about trying to keep track of everything and make sure that the they're evenly distributing people into different attractions and making sure that people uh, have a good experience overall. And it levels the playing field among people like me who are uh, pros at going through the park and understand the park and have knowledge of where everything goes and how it fits together, and people who are novices. 
And I think that's great. And, you know, I understand that and I appreciate it. And I'm not in any way trying to criticize Disney for implementing it. But I am going to tell you some things that may be slightly negative about it because I had some issues myself and um, I'm not sure how it's all going to play out in the long run because I think there's some some holes in the system that need to be corrected, probably can be, but uh, I think there's some some other things that will happen. So here's the, here's the situation. I'm an annual pass holder. My son, one of my sons is as well. My other three family members, my wife and my other two kids, are not. Um, just the way things worked out for us. So we wound up getting the, uh, the annual passes this year for the two of us. So I got an email maybe the day I left to go up there, or maybe it was the day I got there, I can't remember exactly, saying that I could upgrade to the, um, the My Magic with the, the, My, the My Magic Band. And hey, that's great, except for the fact that it said do it between these days and this place and whatever. And my other family members weren't going to be able to do that because they were buying a day pass to be able to go in. So we weren't going to be able to link them all up. And they hadn't set up the system yet to be able to do uh, any advanced bookings, even for the two of us. So big challenge there. And it kind of left a, a little bit of a hole in the, uh, in the process. So, you know, that, that's something that we had to work through. And we had to decide to do FastPass Plus while we were there um, and do it at a kiosk on the same day. So that's fine. You know, I'm okay with that. Um, now the other contributing factor here was we happened to be there, uh, near the end of March and on that particular week, both counties around Disney world were on school vacation and several of the other large counties and a few of the smaller ones were also on school vacations and the weather happened to be really nice. The temperature was in the low seventies. There was no rain in the forecast. So people made last minute decisions to come to Disney world. So where you might say that the park should have been about a medium capacity, five or six on a scale of 10, if you want to look at it that way, it was probably more like a seven or eight for the couple days we were there. So it was more crowded than you might have expected. So that added additional challenges. I had a chance to talk to a couple of cast members along the way, and they were saying, yeah, they were surprised by the number of people that were there. They had been forecasting all week and over the Disney does some things where they forecast in how many people they think will be in the park. And they thought it was going to be lower, so they had lower uh, number of uh, cast members working. So, you know, challenges uh, arose from that as well because things weren't as well staffed as maybe they could have been, and they, they were a little bit overwhelmed by the crowd that was there. Again, not a huge deal. The cast members, you know, did a tremendous job of accommodating and, you know, doing things right. And that was great. You know, I think that was really nice, and it all worked out. And we had a great trip anyway. So regardless of how any of this turned out, it turned out to be a great trip. So it's not a complaint about the trip. It's not anything like that. It's more observational. So we decided to go in and spend two days at the Magic Kingdom and one day at Epcot. So our first day, we uh, went over to the Magic Kingdom and we decided to wing it and not do Fast Pass Plus. We just went around and we started doing some of the attractions we wanted to do and had a little fun with it. Um, We wound up going to the uh, Dumbo ride and there was a miscount on the number of... uh, people that were going to be riding on that particular, uh, that particular round of the uh, Dumbo elephants. And so my younger son and I, we actually weren't, uh, weren't given a, an elephant to ride in. So one of the cast members walked up to us, and she was really nice, and she said, hey, you know, I'm sorry that didn't work out. Let me give you an anytime fast pass to go uh, anytime, anywhere you want. And it was a really nice thing she did. She certainly didn't need to. All we had to wait was the extra two minutes to go on it again. Not a big deal. Um, but it was a really nice gesture, and we took it. Um, so we had a, we already st- were starting off ahead of the game with one extra fast pass uh, that we could use. So we uh, we went about and we were doing different things. I did notice that uh, Pirates of the Caribbean at one point had a ninety minute wait, which seemed uh, totally excessive to me. I have seen in the past before they implemented the fast pass system into Pirates 
that occasionally would get up as high as maybe 60 minutes, maybe, but uh, certainly not that long. I did notice that the Haunted Mansion was also a 90-minute wait, and I've never seen that before, even before Fast Pass. Um, the longest I think I ever waited for that or ever saw wait time on that was about 40 minutes. So to see a 90-minute wait was a little bit surprising. So, you know, I kind of tucked that away as a piece of information about the way Fast Pass Plus is changing the crowds in the park, and potentially that's uh, a little challenging. So we went about uh, just doing our, our thing, and we had some fun, and we went around doing some stuff. We wound up using that FastPass Plus for something. I don't remember what it was for now, um, the one we got from the, uh, from the Dumbo ride. Um, I think it might have been for Buzz Lightyear. We really enjoy that ride, so I think that might have been what it was for. Now, as the day wore on, we decided, you know, let's go see about getting a FastPass Plus. Let's see if we can ride some of the roller coasters, because those were the longer wait times. Now, to make matters more interesting, my older son and I, we don't ride roller coasters, but my younger son, my daughter, and my wife all enjoy roller, co- roller coasters, so they wanted to go off and ride them. So we went to a Fast Pass Plus kiosk, uh, actually back in uh, Fantasyland, over by the uh, Big Top Circus Tent, and uh, we walked in there, and uh, we waited about 15 minutes or so to be able to talk to someone who was a Fast Pass Plus expert, and uh, he was really nice. The, the cast member we talked to was great. He, was, uh, he took his time with us. We were probably with him for about 15 minutes. And he was uh, finagling the system, let's say. He was kind of doing some things because he understands how FastPass Plus works and was able to kind of help us to get some of the things that we wanted. So one thing that my, um, my son wanted was to be able to uh, ride Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. He wanted to ride a roller coaster. It didn't matter which one. So he wound up getting... Um, Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. Now, the way they had to set it up was they had to book something, then they had to split us off so that some of the group was doing one thing, some of the group was doing another. Then they had to change, and they had to look for availability somewhere else, and smaller groups tend to do easier than bigger groups, and yeah, that sort of thing. They kind of went back and forth, and it uh, he kept clicking and going back and forth and doing stuff. Now, he was using his iPad. There were the kiosks there, but they had extra people with iPads out there helping out, and he's clicking around, and he finally got Big Thunder Mountain Railroad to come up for the, for the three of them. And that was great. So there was, the, there was the three of them. He went ahead and um, said, well, what else do you guys want to do for the other two of us? So we said, hey, how about Jungle Cruise? Sounds great. Um, you know, that's, that works out well. We also wanted to do Under the Sea, The Journey with the Little Mermaid, and Buzz Lightyear again. So we went, went ahead and booked those for all five of us. So that was great, you know, and it worked out really well. The challenge was we went over to do the Fast Pass Plus kiosk, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, something like that. The uh, park was open till midnight, so there was plenty of time to get uh, things in, but all of the Fast Pass Pluses that we got came back at after 9 o'clock. So we were running back and forth across the park after 9 o'clock to be able to get to all the things we wanted to. And as you may know, maybe you do, maybe you don't, after, say, 8 o'clock or so, some of the lines tend to dis- dissipate. And that's because a lot of long- younger kids are leaving the park, and you know there's more adults and teenagers still in the park, but... The, lines will, the line patterns changed considerably at that point in time because it gets later. So uh, when we went to the Jungle Cruise, at, I think our Jungle Cruise ride was around 10.30 or so, we went over there and there was absolutely no line. So we, here we have a Fast Pass Plus that we can't even use really because, well, um, you know, there's no line. We use it because that's the principle of it. We're well, okay, we'll use it. Go ahead and do that. Um, and that worked out fine. We also noticed that we went to the undersea, under the sea, the journey of the Little Mermaid, and that was around nine o'clock or so. The line was probably about fifteen minutes at that point. So really, the Fast Pass Plus didn't buy us much, but that's okay. Again, it's you know it's kind of the learning experience. Um, Buzz Lightyear did have a longer time frame, and it was uh, that was around ten o'clock. We had that one, um, so we went over to that one and. Um, 
we were able to uh, able to uh, use the FastPass Plus, and that worked out well because that line stayed that way until about 11.30 or so when it started to dissipate a little bit. So that worked out fine. And then, of course, Big Thunder Mountain Railroad, that one didn't dissipate at all, so it, was, it worked out well that, uh, that we had the FastPass for that so the, uh, the rest of the family could go on it. So it worked out fantastically well for them. And we got to see the things we wanted to see, and we had a great time, and it was really nice. It just was kind of awkward and weird the way we had to do things because, you know, you get used to things being somewhat of a certain way, and now it's different. And I understand that they're leveling the playing field between, you know, everyday guests and uh, people who are there all the time and people that, uh, that are like uh, people who uh, book well in advance and want to stay on property and so on and so on. So it's fine as far as that goes. I, I get it. It just seems a little odd and a little forced and a little bit difficult and a little complicated and, you know, that kind of a thing. So the next day, we decided to go back to uh, the Magic Kingdom. And uh, this time, earlier in the day, we got our Fast Pass Pluses. Now we went over into uh, uh, Adventureland, and we're getting them over there. And again, it, this time it was a little bit longer wait. Uh, we had to wait about 25 minutes or so to get to a Fast Pass kiosk and an expert to help us uh, navigate the system. And again, my kids wanted to ride a couple of roller coasters. So we wanted to try and set up some roller coaster rides for them. And my older son and I, we didn't really care what we did. We were trying to think of things that we might like to do, but we realized that we'd be able to uh, jump on some of the attractions we wanted to if we just planned our day accordingly, right? So we'd just go on a couple of things while they were doing other stuff, and we'd pick a couple of things we wanted to do. So we were like, okay, we'll just do it that way. So the lady that was working with us uh, that day, she was also really nice. She walked through and spent some time with us. She split up the group a couple of times and tried some different things. You know, the one thing my son, my younger son wanted to do was Space Mountain. Not available, not available, not available. We booked it down to two people instead of three because my daughter is a little bit too short to ride Space Mountain anyway. Um, so we got it down to two people. And sure enough, Space Mountain came up at, uh, at a time that was like a half an hour from where we were, from the time we were uh, booking it. So it worked out great. Um, and they were able to get that and, and be able to do it. Then uh, we booked uh, the Barnstormer because then she had something she could ride right then. Um, and then we got Splash Mountain for them. And that worked out really well. But then my older son and I were looking at each other and go, what are we going to get? So we went ahead and got uh, Buzz Lightyear Space Ranger Spin again because we all enjoy that ride. So it worked out really well for us to do it again. So we booked that one for all five of us. But uh, my older son and I were still looking at it like we weren't sure what we were going to do. So we wound up changing it around a little bit until we ultimately wound up getting a uh, princess meet for my daughter. And uh, my son and I put it under our names, and uh, my daughter was able to go and meet, meet Rapunzel. Um, we selected the Rapunzel one because I know she likes Rapunzel and whatever, so we went ahead and did that. And it was great, and that was fine, and the cast member knew exactly what we were doing, so we weren't bending any rules or anything. Yes, we were part of the same party, and we were using some of our Fast Pass Pluses to accommodate someone else in our party. Is it right or wrong? I don't know. Who's to say, really? Um, she was letting us do it, so it was just fine. And we went off, and we, went, we did all the things we wanted to do. And that was great. Now, the other side of the coin was when my, uh, when my family went to Space Mountain and then again to Splash Mountain, they noticed that the wait time for the Fast Pass Plus was 30 minutes. So while the standby line was 120, just to go through the Fast Pass line was 30 minutes, which seemed kind of strange. You go up to it and you got the Fast Pass Plus and something's not working out there because you're still waiting 30 minutes to be able to ride the attraction. Something was amiss there, some, you know, some funky numbers with something that was going on or the way they, they uh, staggered the times or something. Now, I know this is something that they can fix in the future, but for the short term, 
it was a little bit strange because you had all these weird times and wait times and things that were unexpected. Now, I know that Disney had more people in the park than they probably expected, so they probably uh, gave out more fast passes than they intended to. But I think they need to adjust their rules a little bit to, uh, to make that work because it happened again at Splash Mountain later when they went to, uh, went to ride that. There was also like a 25-minute wait before they can get on Splash Mountain. So really strange. And then it turned out, again, we had to walk across the park and uh, be able to go to these different uh, things we wanted to see. And then when it came time to meet Rapunzel, that was at like uh, 8 o'clock at night or so. The Rapunzel wait time was only about 15 minutes at that point. So it was kind of funny. You, uh, you kind of wait and you go, wait a minute, it's only 15 minutes. But she has the fast pass to go to that. And the other one, uh, right next to her in Princess Fairytale Hall, is Cinderella and a guest. And Cinderella was a uh, 35 or 40 minute wait. So it would have worked out better had we gotten the fast pass plus for Cinderella and then just walked on to see um, Rapunzel. But that's the way it goes. Now, we did have other times when we were walking by and some of the other queues that were there. Uh, there were short wait times and we went right in and it worked out just fine. Now, if I didn't say it up front, the way the Magic Kingdom works is you pick three Fast Pass Pluses per person per day. And since we had to book them on the same day, we were just picking and choosing what was available. Now we were trying to get to what we wanted to be able to see everything, but you pick and choose what you want to do. Um, and then they'll help you set those up, and you can change them on the fly. Now, now the other problem was, because part of my family was using the multi-day passes instead of an annual pass, there was no way to use the app uh, for the iPhone or the Android or whatever to be able to update the, um, the FastPass Pluses. To make any changes to it, we had to go back to a kiosk to make a change. Now, I know that'll change over time as well, but for the moment, it was just kind of strange. We, we were like, okay, how do we do this? Um, what do we do with it? There is one more facet to the FastPass Plus that I wanted to mention, and that's the simple fact that when you're not in the app on your iPhone or your Android or whatever, on those devices, you can actually see what your FastPass Pluses are at any time, and you can review them, and you can set reminders and all that kind of stuff. If you're not using one of those devices because you don't have it linked, as we didn't, then you can't see that information. So the only choice you have is to, one, email it to you. You can uh, ask the cast member to help you to email it so you'll have a confirmation of all the ride times and so forth. But they also recommend the better choice is to just take a picture of the screen. Now, Think about this for just a moment. You're, you're setting all these fast pass plus times. You're doing all this for your group. It's up to three pass, fast passes per day. We had multiple fast passes we were doing for different things because we were splitting up a little bit. And I'm taking a picture of it. Something about the technology just doesn't quite add, add up in my mind. It, it doesn't quite work. Yeah, it's great, and I can have it, and it works out okay. And I, I imagine that over time it will work out better. But it just seems kind of odd because what if I don't have the device? And what if I don't have a, a camera phone? Then what? And I know people who go into the parks like that. They go in kind of commando and they don't even take their phones in. So it's kind of interesting how this kind of plays out, that they're embracing the technology, and I surely appreciate that they are. But there's something kind of odd about the way that they handle it, and they kind of force your hand into saying you have to have some kind of electronic device in order to take advantage of the uh, fast pass pluses and to know when they are because how the heck else are you going to know when they are i was actually thinking it might be funny to stand there and like pull out a little pad of paper and just start writing them down that would have been kind of funny i don't have a phone what are you talking about and just write them down that would have been that would have been pretty amusing might have to do that the next time i go now the uh, third day we went to epcot now epcot was much less crowded it was much easier now we had some uh we had a little late start because we'd been out late the night before so we didn't get into the park until oh i'd say it was probably close to 11 o'clock in the morning now 
If you're familiar with Epcot, you know that there are two big attractions there. Well, three if you want to count this. There's Mission Space. That's the one I was kind of hesitant about. Uh, there's Soarin'. And there's Test Track. Now, the two big ones, Soren and Test Track, they tend to run out of fast passes. They always used to run out of fast passes within the first hour that the park is open. So um, with Fast Pass Plus, it's really no different. Within the first 45 minutes or so, all the Fast Pass Pluses are gone. Now, it's possible that somebody could give some up, um, and you might wind up with some later in the day. But to get a party of five to be able to go to Soren or Test Track, going to be almost impossible. So we, uh, we weren't able to do those. Now, Mission Space is a little different. Um, the standby wait times were kind of low, and there was uh, there was some Fast Pass Pluses available, but nobody wanted to do that attraction this time. So we kind of picked and chose some other things. Now, Epcot's a little different. They do a tiering thing where you can pick one of Soren, Mission Space, or Test Track, and then you can pick from other things, right? So we went in, we looked at it, and we stood there and looked at the list for a while. We waited in line for 15 minutes or so to see if we could get Soren. Couldn't get it, so we, we looked at the uh, list for a while, and we wound up getting Journey Into Your Imagination with Figment, Captain EO, and the Maelstrom. Now, Captain EO essentially was a walk-on. We went there an hour before our Fast Pass Plus time, just walked right on. Um, Journey Into Your Imagination with Figment in the same pavilion, we just walked right out, walked right over there, and it was like maybe a three- or four-minute wait, we walked right on that. And that was about two hours before our time. And we're like, you know what, forget the Fast Pass Pluses. We could go back and change them, but look at that line over there. I'm not getting back in that line to try and change them because there's nothing else I really want to do where I feel like I need to do that. Now, the Maelstrom did come in handy because that was about a 90-minute wait, for some reason, for the standby line. So we were like, oh, this is perfect. We can just walk right in. And uh, we waited in line for maybe 10 minutes, and we got on the, got on the ride. So that was fine. You know, that one worked out well. Um, and I was happy we got that one. But the rest of the time, it was kind of... A little odd because it just seemed like there were so many um, glitches with the system and so many things happening. And it just felt like, you know, we were kind of put off a little bit by the whole thing. Um, not that it would stop me from having a good vacation or would be bad or anything like that. It just there were those moments when you're going, this is just silly. You know, because they're sending people to attractions that don't really make sense. And, you know, you're waiting in queues sometimes for long periods of time. I can already see that the standby queues work the same more or less as they did before um, in terms of the wait times and the things that you do. It's just a matter of picking the right uh, Fast Pass Pluses for the things you want to do to be able to go to those things. Now, I know that in the next few weeks, they're going to be rolling out um, fully the whole uh, My Magic experience and Fast Pass Plus to uh, people who are annual pass holders. And then even to day guests, they'll be able to get the whole experience because they'll be able to upgrade for $13 or so, to a Magic Band. Now, okay, the, the ticket price is already almost $100, and for $13 more, you can get the Magic Band. I hope they're not going to force you to get a Magic Band if you buy the multi-day pass like that, because, frankly, I'd rather just avoid the $13 and just have a plastic card in my hand and not be able to link the uh, the accounts together. That's fine with me, and not be able to book them. The plan is for Fast Pass uh, Plus bookings for people who are day guests and annual pass holders. The plan is to have about a 30-day window. If you have your tickets already in hand, you can uh, 30 days out, you can start booking your, your Fast Passes, which I think is okay. I think that's a reasonable amount of time. I, I'm having trouble with the whole 180 days out booking, You know, thinking about the things you want to book and which parks you're going to be in. We don't always decide what park we're going to be in until that morning when we go for a couple of days. You know, it's like, oh, let's go over to this park or let's go to that park and let's have a little fun with it. We don't always know right off. It kind of comes uh, to us as we're going through the day. It's like, oh, we'd like to do this park, so we'll just go and do it. And that's the way we kind of think about our day. We we plan it up that way and we we get things going. So I'm not really sure where this is all going to net out. I'm not sure how this is going to work. 
if it's going to work, if it's going to work well, whatever. But at the moment, I'm kind of concerned that it's kind of in a wrong in the wrong place. That things just aren't quite right, and it it doesn't really work. Um, and if they don't make some significant changes to it, it could be a really bad guest experience all the way around. You know, I heard some complaints from people throughout the day. Some some people were just loving it. That's you know, and they were like, "Oh, this is awesome! I already booked it. I'm I'm good." And some people were like, "Why is this so complicated? Why do I have to stand in line to do this?" There were people who didn't have phones who were like struggling to you know get to the FastPass Plus kiosk. There were people who did have phones and they spent half their time looking at the app and looking through it. I found myself doing that. Really nice that they're telling you the wait times. But if you heard um, a podcast I did, it was a long time ago, it was a couple of years ago, I uh, interviewed a person who wrote a wait times app, Brett. If you go and listen to his podcast, uh, that podcast, you'll hear that, you know, your, your mindset changes if you use the wait time app. Because it, you think about, oh, where do I want to walk across the park and have the 20 minute wait, or do I just stay in this part of the park and keep doing what I'm doing? And it, you have to think about the park differently. And I saw people doing that, and they were kind of jogging, jogging across the park at different times to try and get to different places. And you have the crowds, and you have the parades, and you have other things in the way. There was one spot where we were trying to go up. They were do, they're still doing the construction around the hub, and you'll hear more about that in a future podcast, but where we were trying to get up and go across to um, from Liberty Square up to Fantasyland on the uh, path that goes kind of behind the castle. And because of the construction and you know different things that were going on and there was a parade happening at the same time, it took us like 15 minutes just to do that walk, which was kind of silly and there was no other real way to go. So you think about that and you go, all right, well, maybe there's, you know, there's some things that need to happen to make this more effective and maybe people need to take their eyes off the app a little bit and just enjoy their day. That's the thing about Uber planning. You, know, you kind of lose sight of it and you, you forget about how to plan your day and you, know, you just want to enjoy yourself and just have fun with it. So there you go. That's that's my take. So overall, in summary, good experience. Enjoyed myself. Had a great time. Not in love with the whole uh, FastPass Plus. Have some issues with it. Um, but I think most of them are, can be worked out, and I think it may work out as they start to, to figure some, some things out. I have no issues with them leveling the playing field. That's fine with me. If you want to take away FastPass completely, that would be okay, too. But I'm just kind of struggling a little bit with the whole idea of the FastPass Plus and the way it's coming together and the number of things you have to do and the number of hurdles you have to go through just to be able to, uh, to go see an attraction. And again, the cast members are the reason that this works right now. If it weren't for the cast members doing the job they're doing, I think this thing could be a disaster um, because the cast members really do make it better and they make everything kind of work out. So very happy with that and glad that that's working. Just kind of sad that it has to come all the way down to that and it can't just work out the way they want it to. And this comes back to the discussion. I think there are some people who have said, you know, the bean counters in Burbank who are trying to, you know, make people eaters and have the, have the rides just uh, attract people and go through. And, you know, you, you hail the almighty bottom line and don't think about the guest experience. I think that's where the flaws come in and where you kind of have the potential for problems. So I, th- I hope that they overcome all of that and everything works out the moment I just have that sort of shy, quizzical look like, okay, is this going to work? And I kind of shrug and we'll move on. But uh, hopefully it will. Anyway, I will give, I'll go back again and I'll give you another report after everything starts to settle down a little bit and let you know what I think about it. Well, that's it for this week. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. And remember, if we can dream it, we really can do it. Bye now. Thank you for tuning in to the Disney View Podcast. Now, please exit the moving podcast. The walkway is moving at the same speed as your podcast. Kindly take small children by the hand and watch your head and step. If you have questions, thoughts, 
or would just like to ask Dave a question, please send an email to davesdisneyview at gmail.com. You can always find Dave's Disney View on Facebook, Twitter, and Pinterest. Show notes for this podcast can be found on DisneyWorldPodcast.net. Original music you hear in this podcast is courtesy of Sound A Music. You'll find a link to the latest Disney-related autism awareness event on the show notes page. We also encourage you to check out Dave's iPhone apps. There are a couple of Disney-related apps, including a Hidden Mickey's app and a pin trading app. 